all and welcome to Talk Me Through It, your 20-minute writing pep talk. My name is Trish. And I'm Jessa. And today we're super excited to have a guest host with us today. We have John Adamus, who's been working with authors for over two decades as a successful writing coach, editor, and publisher. Thank you so much for joining us today, John. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it. I wanted to ask you guys about our word of the day, which is fear. Do you both experience it on a day-to-day basis? Is it something you notice in and around other writers? Something I've been seeing lately is a lot of posts about fear of completion, fear of success, or fear of failure even. Ooh, I've seen those posts, especially even this morning when I woke up, I saw um, a post about how somebody was like, do you ever just not finish your novel because you're afraid to finish your novel? Yes. That's a big one. I deal with that all the time. I'm dealing with it right now, in fact. Um, there's always some level of fear, I think. I think it's pretty universal when you're trying to be creative. Well, fear of judgment is a big one, too. Yeah, absolutely that one. You know, I think I set aside my work in progress for a while because I was like, uh, I had a fear of being judged or a fear of not being good enough. See, that's a weird thing we do because the the label of whether or not it's good enough is always going to come from somebody else. We got to finish it to show it to them so they can decide whether or not it's good enough. But the work's already been done. So why don't we value our own judgment or estimation as to why? It is or isn't good. Like we did the work. We know how hard we worked. Isn't that good enough? Well, I I don't know. As coming from like a a mental health perspective, I, I like I talk about it all the time on Talk Me Through It. You know, I think we all have our demons that kind of tell us negative things. Um, but you know, sometimes I wonder if the fear is healthy, if it's not necessarily a bad thing, because you know, I've seen people be a little bit overconfident in their work sometimes where they're like, yeah, look at my first draft. It's great. And then they put it out there and they're like, why am I not getting any sales? You know? <laughs> so, you know, sometimes maybe that level of fear is healthy. Um, but I think when it takes over a little bit too much, it's, it becomes a bad thing. I think so too. And something I think about often is whether we experience some type of overwhelming feeling or fear or insecurity. Um, is it because we have not reached the point that we want to be to get to the end of our creative endeavor? So if that's a story, for instance, and you know we're slugging it out through the editing process, it requires a certain amount of change in us, too, if we're writing a really great or emotional story. And that growth that we need to reach the end hasn't happened yet. So we think about it as something daunting in our head. Ding, ding, ding. I think that's, that's you hit the nail on the head right there. That's exactly what it is. It's definitely a growth thing because I think even as a writer, you can recognize when you're not there yet. Yes, yes. And a huge part of this creative process for me is that movement towards growth, um, growth and being a writer, growth as a person too. So is it a question of whether or not you're afraid to grow or you are more afraid of what you will become when you do grow? Like how different will I be when I do finish a thing and not immediately think it's hot garbage. Ooh, that was such a, you know, I was having this conversation uh, a little bit ago, right? Sometimes you're afraid of who you are uh, beyond that point, right? You're like, who am I going to be once I make the change? Uh, And that's a big thing. 
Yes, we were talking a little bit about that last episode as well. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny that that John uh, uh, pegged that because that's exactly what it is. You know, you're like, oh, once I shed this skin of mine, what what what's underneath it? My question would be, do we have to know? Do we have to know with 100% certainty in advance of what you will definitely absolutely become in order for us to be okay with becoming it? Isn't part of being creative embracing some level of the unknown so that when we do go, okay, I wrote a thing, let's go put it out and see what happens. You get the equal opportunity. I mean, we have the 50-50 shot, right? Like it's a, we might get no sales. We might get a one-star review. We might get nothing. It might be crickets and tumbleweeds, but there's an equal chance in that same moment that somebody could say, this is amazing. I've always been waiting for this. Why? What predisposes us to assume it's only going to be the negative? Well, isn't the brain wired to um, to lean towards negativity anyway? I've been seeing these things online recently about, about that. And I think that's absolutely true. You know, our brains are wired in general to remember negative experiences. Um, so maybe that's that has something to do with it. But I don't know. Like, again, like I said, I struggle. So uh, that's kind of like daily for me. Yes. Yes, Trisha. Um... I think it's a two-parter when I think about myself. The first part being is definitely a little bit of fear of the unknown and not having that certainty, which is great as well because that's true growth, I think. But then the second part is also transparency. I think once you put a story out there, then it also leaves you vulnerable to being seen. Oh, so true. So, so true. But Jessa, don't you want to be seen? That's why you put the story out there. Yes and no. That's <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the main factor in uh for me and not completing a story is that I love the act of writing it. The act of sharing it is very scary to me. Is that because you're afraid of what could happen when you do share it? Yes. Yes, this is actually something I was thinking about over the weekend. Uh, I think my fear comes from a fear of success. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily come from a fear of failure. If I do put something out there and no one sees it, I'm happy because I created what I wanted to create. But having other people connect with it and see it and I don't know, even like praise it maybe one day, that to me is more scary. Well, it sets that bar, right? Like, all right, so I've been doing this job for ha literally half my life. And I understand entirely what it's like to be afraid of success, especially if you're coming from a background where you were told that you'd never succeed for one reason or another, one person or another. They were all very big on telling you that you weren't good enough. So that when you do go out and try things, you end up convinced that you're going to fail infinitely more times than you'll succeed. So when you succeed, it's almost like something's wrong. Like you didn't screw <laughs> up. This is terrible. So I can tell you without a doubt that I really um, started maybe really succeeding consistently a year ago. And I've been doing this two decades where I can definitively point to a number of cases and people I've worked with and situations where the successes have vastly outnumbered the failures. Cause I can remember every failure. That's, I mean, that's, that's no problem ever at all, but the successes 
need to mean more. They must mean more because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not in this business to fail. I'm not writing things or editing things with the express. Like, I don't want the people I work with just to go out and get rejection letters. Like, I'm not here to help you fail. I'm here to help you succeed. So changing the way we define success and making it a thing that, yeah, we can control it. We don't know if it's going to happen, but we can do our best to ensure we're in the ballpark. And it might not be that one certain way, right? Like we might go look for an agent and it might not be that one agent over there. It might be the agent, you know, over to the left, or it might not be one sale from this person. It might be one sale from that person. I think changing our definition goes a real long way in making it more palatable to say to yourself, oh, I'm somebody who succeeds occasionally, rarely, possibly, regularly, whatever literally. <laughs> I, you know, I love the confidence that you tackle this with because I feel like to an extent we have to, we, we do have to have that. I, I, I don't have a great deal of confidence. I rehearse, I'm a notorious control freak and rehearsal freak. Like, so we're talking right now. I will tell you that for about 90 minutes prior to this, I went through all the possible things I could think of you saying so that I could not embarrass myself or more importantly, frustrate you by having you feel like you're quote, wasting your time with me. So I understand absolutely that fear of success because what if it goes well, then someone else is going to ask me to do a thing and then I got to rehearse for that too. And uh, then I got to do this and oh man, if I start succeeding, then I'm not going to be able to complain so much about not having money because by succeeding, I will have gotten paid and I'll have money. And that that change to my status quo, that change to my routine can feel almost worse than the failure, which I'm used to because uh, it didn't work, whatever, move on, next thing. I, I hear you. I get it. You know, it's so funny that you guys mentioned mentioned your fears. My fears are completely different. I feel like I have a two-part fear. My fears are fear of failure and fear of success. I I don't fear being seen. I I, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. I fear being invaded. And by that, I mean, I've noticed that even um, I had somebody beta read and she kept asking me, she was like, oh, does this character emulate this part of yourself? Or does this situation, um, you know, emulate any situations that you've been in? And she's like, oh, I could pinpoint that situation. I remember when that happened at work and you put a little bit of that in there. So I was a little bit like, oh my God, this is my mind. It's out there. Everybody can pick at it. So I feel like I um, fear of sharing my work comes from that. Is It does come from my heart. It comes from the deepest recesses of my mind. So, I'm, so essentially I am being vulnerable and leaving myself and my thoughts and my feelings accessible to others. It's hugely vulnerable to do this. There's there's no denying that. I don't think there's a creative out there who will say, ah, no, there's no vulnerability. There's no emotional attachment to it whatsoever. I, I think uh, in, in the case you just described, I'd, I'd kind of tell you to go find another beta reader, frankly, because that invasion doesn't come standard with the beta reader package. Like that's that's not... I mean, it might be true. Yes, you took a situation from work, whatever it might be, and it it was on your mind, so it influenced your work. Absolutely, happens all the time. But to have that be the singular thing they point out, that doesn't help. 
I, oh, I wouldn't no, no, no. put a lot of I wouldn't put a lot of eggs in that basket. No, no, no. It wasn't um it wasn't like that. She was a very close friend of mine, a very, very close friend of mine. So I felt comfortable sharing with her, you know. But through her her feedback, that's what I recognized about myself and my own fear. That's what I was like, oh, you know, she's not the only one who will probably think about things this way. But is it bad or wrong that you did that? Like, is it, should you not be doing that? Do you think? Uh, I mean, is it bad or wrong that you invested something personal into your work that it was spotted? Like, no. should you, should you create and not be spotted? No, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't change it for the world as, as it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, peeling back your eyelids to see the sun when you've been in a cave forever, right? Um, this whole Plato's allegory of the cave where, you know, um, it's painful to, to, to know and be at that level. But you know what? I would rather be out there and open and have people picking my, my mind um, than to not have done it at all because that, um, that feeling and that depth in your novel will always come from your heart and your experiences. I feel like that makes your novel in a way. John, I actually have a question for you because you do story coaching. Um, does it take a certain amount of self-coaching to get to a place of success or a place where we can va evaluate our own strengths and weaknesses? I think that's a, well, first of all, that's an amazing question. I wish more people would ask that question. I don't think it takes like a predetermined amount. You have to be, you know, this far along in some self-discovery before you can benefit. I think it's more a matter of you have to be just aware that you might not have all your answers when you go into it. I think some level of self-awareness, you're going to be oblivious to at some point. Oh, I didn't realize I was, you know, working through my childhood abandonment issues by writing this plot. But you can very easily spot, oh, yeah, the the jerk who I work with is totally the bad guy of the story, you guys. Like, that's always going to be an easier thing. There's always going to be some level of uh, transparency or translucency to it. But I, I don't think you need to come to it pre-therapied uh, pre or pre-prepared. I think you can come into it and just go, I'm not where I want to be. I'd like to get to here this point over here where situations are different help me get there and whether that route takes you through just well here's how you fix grammar here's how you write a better story or whether it's also a combination effort of like well yes do those things fix the story stop using a semicolon like that but also you know maybe try believing in yourself once a week every thursday for two hours and and something where you are pushing on multiple levels really helps a writer grow as frequently as possible towards their goal so that they're not just, you know, on social media spinning in circles. Ooh, can I connect what you said to something? Oh God, I hope you do. Okay. 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 What really um, just got me excited about what you said is you just mentioned cutting out time in your schedule to actually be confident in yourself. I've never thought about it that way. And that kind of ties back to the 1% rule. Does anybody see what the connection that I'm trying to make? Yes, go for it, Trish. You could build on your mental health that way. You can practice yeah. being confident. Yes. And I never thought about it that way. Well, it's a skill. It's a tool. It's a muscle. So, of course, we can train it. I wish you could see my smile. 
Well, I'm very happy that you're smiling. That's wonderful. Do that <laughs> one. But it it's a skill. And if you have to schedule it in order to like say, all right, this is my, this is my, you know, I'm going to be positive for 30 minutes. It might seem ridiculous. It really might seem even stupid if you're, you know, as self-critical as I am. But if you really make a concerted effort of it, if you really try to be positive, even if it's just 10 minutes, because maybe 30 minutes is one of those overly ambitious goals. If you just do it regularly enough, it does really get easier. It might never be as like flawlessly easy as your ability to like harp on all your negatives, but it is a skill and you can train it. It is a choice you make so you can keep making it and the benefits accrue, they stack. So the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more natural it becomes, but it's still always going to be a choice. And Trisha and I talk about this often, the idea of confidence. There's um, a quote I really love. Can I tell it to you? I'm pulling it up literally right now. Yes, please do. It just slipped my mind. All right, ready? Yes. So Maxi McCoy writes, let history remember that I gave you the actual definition of confidence, which is the level in which you believe your actions will have a positive outcome. One of the things I was thinking about while you were shouting out our girl Maxine was that confidence is not the opposite of fear. Okay. Uh, That confidence is the belief, as Maxine says, the belief that your actions will have a positive impact. So it's about having the ability to know the not so much the expected outcome, but your intended outcome of what you're going to do. I'm going to go write this story. I'm going to write this paragraph. I'm going to write this sentence. I'm going to do whatever so that I am one step, 10 steps, 50 steps, whatever, closer to my goal. And that's all you have to focus on is just get closer to the goal. And then eventually the step's going to be, well, I'm going to declare this draft finished and then go from there. I think confidence is the snowball rolling downhill as opposed to the fear, which is the anticipation of what happens when the snowball reaches the bottom of the hill. And that's part of the reason why we're here, to discover and explore and learn. I always think about that with my own writing. You have to grow. Like, there's just, it's it's not always pleasant. I mean, we've all had situations where we've become better people for them, but those situations really were messy and terrible and unpleasant. But growth is fundamental to becoming a better creative, if only because we can look back at the experience we had and go, ah, I've learned something about the human condition. Now I, the creative, can use this new experience as a lens through which to shape this story so that you, other person, can learn something from it creatively with abstraction and imagination. And growing is scary. And that is beautiful. (laughs) Of course, growing is scary. If growing were easy, one, I'd be out of a job. And you know, we'd all be doing it and we wouldn't be talking to each other. We'd just be over here growing as individual trees, not trees in a forest. Yes. Um, Something that I've been trying to incorporate into my own list is to do one thing every day that scares me. Ooh. So it could it can be related to writing or it could be related to life, but just one thing that I'm afraid to do or someone that I'm afraid to talk to to just put it on my list and then do it and then start again the next day. That's amazing. I need to I need to start doing that cuz you know Lists actually scare me. I'm that person that's afraid of lists because I make a list and if I don't complete it, again, I beat myself up 
about it but it, but this is this 2020 this is my year to just stop listening to that voice and to tell myself better things it's not about completing the whole list it's about making progress on the list you can't sit there and go i wrote a word i wrote one word but i still have 39,492 of them to go before i finish <laughs> this book because that's ridiculous that's how we burn out that's how we get frustrated don't think of the list as only good enough when it's done every item you can tick off is one step forward and all you got to do every day is take one step forward i i think my takeaway from this is that i'm just going to uh continue telling myself better things and i think in the future i will be requiring the service of mr john adamus because um they are necessary <laughs> it takes a village it takes a village yeah i think that's my takeaway too i love to be in a place in the morning and just allow myself that time to be in a positive space ready to take on the day i'm sorry can i give you a tool to help you do that please do okay so um this is what i do and this helps me maybe it will help you at the end of a day so tonight, before we start tomorrow, start writing down. I keep a two-column list for this, although you could do it on two different pieces of paper or in two different things on your phone, whatever. But two separate things. One, I write my to-do list for the next day, the night earlier, so I don't have to write it in the morning so that it's done, so that I can put it on the table and I can leave the office and say, oh, well, I don't have to worry about it. It's, it'll be there in the morning. The other thing I write down is my ideas of what was good today. Oh, today I talked to these people. Oh, today I didn't spill, you know, tea down the front of my shirt. Oh, today I, <laughs> you know, didn't tell that person to go suck eggs. Oh, I, you know, whatever, small, big, I make as long a list as I'm happy or energized to make. So some days it's just small stuff like I didn't, you know, forget to feed the cat or I didn't trip going up the stairs. And so other days it's, oh, I got hired to do this thing or, oh, I wrote a thousand words or I finished a blog post or I whatever. Make a list so that you are not only equally accountable for your goal, but also accountable for your successes so that you get used to seeing them every day. That is exactly what I need to be doing right now. Me too. And with that tidbit, um, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Um, let the people know where they can find you. Oh, well, um, you can find me in lots of different places. Uh, primarily, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash awesome, A-W-E-S-O-M-E underscore. That's shipped in the dash key, J-O-H-N. I'm there all the time. Um, you can also find me online at writernextdoor.com. Uh, and every Wednesday night, you can find me for free for two to four hours helping writers write better in a free writer Q&A. That is awesome. Yes, you are awesome. Ed. We'll you are become... awesome. That is the perfect <laughs> name for you. <laughs> you guys can follow me um, at Night Writer July, um, you know, on Twitter. That's where I mainly am. And you can find me at Jessicana on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next Thursday.